TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. The guys in that room, I really don't think that they know what's going on. I just think that they're like, oh, we're, you know. We're, we're pros we're good dudes like we care about each other and we we go out and play and i that's what i'm seeing they're all pulling for each other they're all supportive of each other they're they're extremely positive and um and relaxed they're really humble for how good they are so like for me to be in that clubhouse i feel so spoiled like it's pretty it's 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 kind of surreal actually it's like such a good group of dudes that are so good so this is um, for me. It's a really special time in my career, just to watch what they're doing and to watch the quality of people that are in that room. That's Braves pitcher Charlie Morton. Crisco fourth in for uh, John Chuckery here, as uh, we spend a little Monday night with you on this eve of the Fourth of July. Glad to have you hanging out with us today. We spent some time early in the show. We talk a little Braves baseball. I wanted to uh, circle back around to it. Braves getting it done again tonight. It is in the uh, seventh inning now. And uh, bottom of the seventh with two outs. Bryce Elder still in the game for the Braves. Six and two-thirds innings. He has scattered six hits. No runs, though. He's walked two. Struck out. And the Braves have a, uh, well, they just scored. So the uh, Guardians just came around to score to make it four to two. So they did touch up Bryce Elder now finally. Uh, and get a couple of runs off of him. That just happened. It's now 4-2 Braves. They are in the bottom of the seventh, and we'll continue to keep you updated on that. That was Charlie Morton that you heard coming back from the break, and I, and I like what he, uh, what all he had to say about this group. Um, and I said it earlier, look, if, if you hate the Braves, brace yourself because these guys are going to be here for a while because they are not going anywhere. Eight guys on the All-Star team, all of them under the age of 30, all under contract for multiple years. And I love the comment from Charlie, and I think he's right. These, This is a bunch of guys that are just going out and having fun. They go out every day. They play hard. They have fun. And they're doing things that no one or no other team in baseball has ever done before. They are on pace to have one of the best offenses that baseball has ever seen. And they are just so young that I don't think it really dawns on these guys exactly what they're doing. They don't know any better. And I've tried to figure out a way to to put what these guys are doing, to put it into some kind of context, and I don't think I've really been able to come up with it. So just bear with me here for a second. I, I am a lifelong Braves fan, and I am ecstatic. Heck, I'm giddy over how good these guys are and what they're doing right now. This is as good of a Braves team, and I don't think it's it's hyperbole to say this. This is as good of a Braves team that I think we've seen. And, and look, we've had some really good Braves teams here over the last 32 years. And I think this team has the – Ability to go down as one of the all-time greats, not just here, not just an all-time great Braves team, uh, not just one of the all-time great, you know, Atlanta professional sports teams, but I think one of the great teams in baseball history. But you got to finish the drill. In other words, you got to win the World Series. There's a lot to be excited about around this team. 
They got the ability to beat you so many ways. They continue to show that. There's a nine-game lead that they have right now in the National League East. Eight players are on the All-Star team. That is 25% of the National League All-Star roster is made up of Braves. And I mentioned it earlier, I really didn't think we'd see Bryce Elder make it. I really didn't. And I'm glad that he was able to get on there. He's a guy that's going to be in the Cy Young conversation as we go through the second half of this season. He's pitched incredibly well tonight for the Braves. Now, he's ran into some problems here in the bottom of the seventh. He's been taken out after giving up the two runs. Uh, A.J. Minter has come in to pitch for the Braves. And uh, right now there's uh, two outs and one on for the, uh, I still want to call them the Indians, the Guardians but the Braves do have the uh, the four to four to two lead, and again, Bryce Elder has pitched, he's pitched really really well tonight, and I, I you know again unless he just completely falls apart, I think this kid is going to be in that Cy Young conversation. Is is the ERA going to stay as low as it is right now, which is leading the National League? I don't really think so, but. I still think he is going to be a guy that's got good enough stuff, has enough confidence right now, and throwing well enough that he's going to keep the Braves in this. And he will keep himself in in at least the conversation for that award. Charlie Morton is going to start Friday against Tampa. I did look at this earlier today. So you're going to get Charlie Morton going Friday against the Rays. We'll get to that Rays series coming up because I think it's important. Spencer Strider is going to start on Saturday. Bryce Elder would pitch again on Sunday. I doubt very seriously that we're going to see either of these guys get a chance to pitch in the All-Star game. I don't think we're going to see Spencer Strider. I don't think we're going to see Bryce Elder either. Uh, Speaking of this upcoming weekend, and I don't want to look too far ahead or, or overlook Cleveland because the the Guardians are another one of those teams. They're right there in the mix hanging around first place. But that series that is coming up this weekend with the Braves and the Tampa Bay Rays, that's going to be one to watch. I think it's a good test for the Braves. It should feel like big-time baseball. Now, I don't really know. I don't, I don't watch uh, Tampa on, on television. I, I don't know what it looks like there. Uh, I have been there once. I went to a Rays game in Tampa Back in 2001, I was there, and it was a matter of fact, it was the, the Rays and the Yankees. And I had a friend of mine who worked in the Rays front office at that time. And he, we were, you know, I was in my late 20s, and so was he. He was trying to climb his way up through the, through the ranks in baseball. But um, he worked for the Rays, and uh, I was going to be in Tampa, and I said, man, I'd, I'd love to come see a game. He hooked me up with some sweet tickets. Day-Day, it, it might have been the best tickets to a baseball game that I've ever had in terms of the seats. Nice. Where were you? I mean, they were uh, – I was about uh, about 12 rows, maybe 15 rows from the field behind home plate. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was really nice. Now, it's also the only time I've ever been to a baseball game in a dome, uh, and I did not enjoy that. I did not like the stadium at all. Yeah, um – trying to think because i've been to tampa many times but you know what i'm trying to think have i ever driven past their stadium i think i have because it's closer to the downtown area so yeah i've driven past their state that does seem a little odd now i've gone to in a stadium it wasn't a dome but the roof was retractable uh in the arizona diamondbacks where they play yeah. but yeah. because during you know it was a summertime game and it, because it was a day game and it gets so hot during the day, they actually – They would close it. Yeah, so yeah. that was kind of odd to be at a day game, but the roof was closed. Yeah, I, I never made it to the old Kingdome in Seattle. I never went to the Astrodome in Houston. And I think this stadium in uh, – this dome in Tampa is the only one that is left that is not – retractable now that is the the full mm-hmm. dome stadium I think so yeah right yep i was there 
It was the Rays and the Yankees. And this is where I bring up the the idea that this should feel like big-time baseball because I went there in 2001, and again, the Rays were – they were still a relatively young franchise at that point. It was the Rays and the Yankees. Now, if you've spent much time in Tampa, there's a couple of things that, that you learn pretty quick there. Um, if you didn't know, that's where the Yankees have spring training and have forever. Yep, yep. As a matter of fact, George Steinbrenner Field – is right across the street from Raymond James Stadium yep. where the Bucks play. Yep, I've seen I've been over I've been there before, yes. There were probably 30,000 people at that game that day. 30 uh 29,500 of them were probably Yankee fans. Wow. Okay, I mean it was decidedly very I mean it was very much a and and my buddy that worked for him, he told me he he worked in marketing. Uh, for the Rays, and and he told me he goes, look, that's you know, when the Yankees come, man, that's a that's a money maker for us. We don't have to do promotions when the Yankees come to town because we're gonna sell a butt ton of tickets because it's the Yankees, and there's so many people from that either are from here that grew up Yankee fans because of the Yankees having spring training here, or they're people from New York that are Yankee fans that have retired down to this area and they're going to come when the Yankees are here. I don't know what it's like in Tampa now. I can tell you this. I I think the Braves have one of the more decided home field advantages in baseball. Um, I think the crowds these last couple of years in uh, at the Battery and Truist Park have just been amazing. And people are into it. It's a loud crowd, and I think the Braves have a have a, a tremendous advantage when they play at home. Yeah, that atmosphere at Truist Park um, is just it's spectacular, man. It's it's nothing like it. I mean, and then when they do some of these theme nights, like the night they did the Outcast night, my goodness. Yeah. I mean it. I mean they. I mean. Look, they've done a great job with that facility, building it out, making it just an all-around destination uh, in general. You know what I mean? Right. Like, Oh, yeah. You can just be up there. You might not even be in the ballpark, but you can just be up there for a game, and the atmosphere outside the ballpark is just crazy. Yeah, again, I think the Braves have a great home field advantage. I wish Tampa was coming here, but the fact that the Braves are going there, we'll see. But, but again, my curiosity – with these two teams, because how many uh, how many things are going to be written starting on? I think the Braves have Thursday off, and then this series with Tampa starts Friday. So how many things between uh, Wednesday and Friday are going to be written about this being a World Series preview when these two square off with each other? And here we are in July. Uh, but these two teams, these have been the two best teams in baseball. With the way that, you know, best team in the National League and the best team in the American League, I'm there for it. Uh, the next big thing for the Braves and for the Braves front office is going to be the trade deadline. I'm not sure that the Braves make a big move, but I'm not sure that they need to make a big move. Uh, there's going to be some talent available. You know, Marcus Stroman from the Cubs sounds like the Cubs are going to be ready to part ways with him. If you wanted to add another frontline starter to the staff, there's going to be I, I say Strowman because I just read something about him um, over the weekend about you know it sounds like the you know the Cubs aren't going to work a deal out with him and and he's going to be moved. Whoever you go get, I, I'm just throwing Strowman out there, but they're all going to come with a hefty price tag because the one thing baseball has done by expanding the playoffs now you got a bunch of teams that feel like they've got – they're in this thing still. You know, if you're in wild card contention in July, and do you really want to be a seller? Because you're still going to try to sell tickets in August and September because people think you're, you've got a shot. Your fan base thinks you have a shot at being able to get in the playoffs. And as we've seen, once you get in the playoffs in baseball – who knows? I mean, it's who knows. That's just the way the game goes. But getting there is a big deal. And I think because of that, you're going to have teams that are going to say, look, 
we're not going to part with our guy unless we get something in return. And because you've got so many teams that are quote-unquote still in competition or still in it, vying for that wild card spot, you're going to have, I think, more teams being buyers this year maybe than what we have seen in the past. So, again, it's a supply versus demand kind of thing. The demand is going to be really, really high. The number of sellers is going to be really, really small. And I think the the price is going to go really, really high. And I don't even think the Braves necessarily – I mean, you you watch this team. You you I mean, what do you do? I mean, where do you look at this team and go, oh, they've got to do that. They've got to do that. They don't really have to make a lot of moves. I think they do make moves. I don't think you're going to see the big, splashy, sexy move out of this team. I don't think that's going to happen. But, again, I don't think they need a whole lot. If you can get your pitchers healthy and keep your pitchers healthy, would another frontline starter be nice? Mm, it would. It'd be nice to add that to this piece, to this team. But I don't think it's going to be a necessary right now for the Braves. This has been a really fun year to be a Braves fan. And I, let me tell you, I, I am so looking forward to see what happens and where this team can end up because they have been unbelievable to watch. And to put it all together the way they have, again, I talked about it earlier, 59% of their starts have been by pitchers 24 or younger. And to be in this position, you know, they win tonight if they can hold on. And win tonight, the Braves will be 30 games over 500. we We're in the uh, bottom of the eighth inning now with uh, Cleveland batting 4-2. There's two outs, bottom of the eighth. A.J. Minter still on the bump for the Braves. We'll continue to keep you updated on this game as we go along. That's life. We'll take a look at that. We'll do it next. we got some uh, Today in Sports History. we got a couple of sports birthdays, a couple other things, if time allows, that uh, Day Day and I will get into. Stick around. We'll come back. We'll do it next. Chris Goforth in for John Chuckery. Chuck taking a vacation. Glad to be keeping his seat warm, at least for this Monday evening. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medela, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
Sports Radio 92-9 the game. Frisco fourth in in place of uh, John Chuckery tonight. John taking a couple of days off. John Fricky will be with you a couple of nights this week as well. But uh, glad to be able to spend this Monday night with you. It is time for That's Life. You know that's a John Chuckery show staple. I like to put my own little spin on it. We'll talk about today in sports history. We'll get to some sports birthdays. Then i got a couple other things that I want to uh, get to with, uh, with Day-Day here. So, Day-Day, if you're ready, let's, uh, let's hop into some of these. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, 1932 mm-hmm. today, on this date, 1932, that was uh, 91 years ago, something like that. After 30 years as the manager of the New York Giants, John McGraw retires from baseball, 2,583 wins. On this date in 1947, the Cleveland Indians purchased Larry Doby from the Newark Eagles. In two days, the 22-year-old will become the first African-American to play in the American League. On this date in 1966, Pitcher Tony Cloninger hit two grand slams and drives in nine runs as the Braves routed the Giants at Candlestick 17-3. Cloninger is the first National League player to slam two in a game, the first pitcher ever, and his nine RBIs are a major league record by a pitcher. Uh, the National League record uh, had been five. It was held by, by several uh, as a matter of fact, the last pitcher to get five RBIs in a game, Tony Cloninger. He did it on June 16th of that uh, same year against the uh, against the Mets. Today in 1967, at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, Billy Williams, Ron Santo, and Ron Hundley homer for Chicago. Rico Cardi and Felipe Alou answer for the Braves. It all happened in the first inning. That was a major league record. Rico Cardi would add another homer later. The Giants ended up winning it, though, 12-6. Today in 1993, Detroit Cecil Fielder becomes the third player in history to homer onto the left field roof of Tiger Stadium as uh, Detroit lost 11-5 to the Rangers. Harmon Killebrew and Frank Howard were the only other players than Cecil Fielder to be able to accomplish that. Also today in 1993, Don Drysdale, the uh, baseball player, former Dodger, died of a heart attack at the age of 56. Today on this date in 2001, the NBA Board of Governors approved the move of the Grizzlies as a franchise from Vancouver to Memphis. Beginning with the 2001-2002 seasons, the Grizzlies move was the first franchise relocation for the NBA since the Kings moved from Kansas City to Sacramento for the 85-86 season. Also on this date in uh, 2012, Chipper Jones celebrated being named an All-Star in replacement of the injured Matt Kemp. He goes five for five, four RBIs, hits two doubles. Braves beat the Cubs 10 to three. The 40-year-old third baseman stole his first base of the season that game as well. In 2016, on July the 3rd, Major League Baseball celebrated Military Appreciation Day. I had forgotten all about this until I saw this today. But it was a game at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, nation's largest military base. The Marlins defeat the Braves 5-2 to two in a temporary 12,500-seat ballpark. No paid admission. All the spectators were active military members and their family. It's the first Major League game ever to be played in the state of North Carolina. I had forgotten all about I remember it well because we talked about it a lot here at that time on 92.9 The Game. Uh, feels like it was forever ago, Day Day, and I guess in some ways it was. It's been seven years, but I had totally forgotten about that. Yeah, that's something I would like to see more often, though, smaller mar- uh, you know, towns that you know probably could you know have a good turnout for a professional mm-hmm. event to come to their area, you know. Um, I'm really, I'm really pumped about this game. They're going to play at Rickwood Field in Birmingham. Yeah, uh, I've been to Rickwood many, many times over the years, and that is a, uh, I mean, it literally, it's like, it's like you just stepped back into about 1945. Wow. When you go to a game there, I mean, it is, 
It's they've done a fantastic job of. Yes, they've modernized a couple of things. Yes, they've had to go in and do some work to it to make it happen. Uh, but kudos to the folks there in Birmingham and and the Birmingham Barons. They're uh, minor league team that's there. Mm-hmm. They are the Double A affiliate of the. I think they're still with the Chicago White Sox. They've been with. The, I mean, Michael Jordan played there, right? But uh, they've got a beautiful park in downtown Birmingham. I think it's. I think it's Regions Park. But they still go to Rickwood once a year and play a throwback game there, and they wear the old, like the old wool. I don't know if they're made out of wool, but it's right. the old wool. That wool look, uniforms. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. Cool. yeah I, I've I've always said that all the sports franchises should do do something like that, man. Just like I get the going overseas and doing some of that stuff, but I mean, I think there's so many markets in this country that they could take some of their their teams to. And really, and really have some great turnouts. The cool thing that the Barons do is they play that game, and, and not all of the proceeds, I don't think. I don't think it's all anymore, but some of the proceeds from that game that they play at Rickwood goes back to the ballpark to help with upkeep and maintenance nice. and, and all that kind of nice. stuff. So I, I think it's really, really cool what they do. Uh, college hoops on an aircraft carrier. Are you a fan? Uh, you know, because they've been doing that for a while now. I think that's what I was getting ready to say. Yeah, I was gonna say, wasn't it Duke and Carolina that were like the The first ones to do it back way? What was it? That had to be in the what nineties or? I I feel like yeah, but you're uh, you're right. It's been going on for a long time. I think at that first one, it was like, what does this look like? But after that, it just kind of seemed kind of odd. Yeah, it's kind of lost it. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of lost it. It's kind of like when they do. And I actually did. I actually did play by play at one of these things a number of years ago, but when they go to like the Bahamas and play these tournaments, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize this. A lot of times, what they do is they are you're playing in a hotel ballroom. Yes, and they lay down the hardwood floor. They bring in the temporary bleachers, and that's where you. That's and it's so. I mean, it's like the weirdest thing from the backdrop to. Uh, just the atmosphere is really strange. It's it's really kind of a funky sort of thing. So I'm with you. I would much rather see whether it's big time college sports, whether it's baseball, football, whatever. I love the idea of you know I love the the field of dreams. Game. Right. Yeah. Uh, I love it when baseball used to play the Hall of Fame game in Cooperstown. I don't mm-hmm. know if they still do that. I never hear anything about it. Uh, the idea of baseball going back to to Rickwood Field in Birmingham play, I love those that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. And like I said, I I would just love to see. I think all the sports brands could take advantage of, of doing something like that, and uh, I think it would do well. Because I mean, just think about it. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, Oklahoma. You know, there. You know, imagine playing a, a NFL game somewhere in, in you know in Oklahoma sure. to draw. You know what I mean? Like. It doesn't have to be an annual thing, but just kind of touring the states in some of these places where they don't really have anywhere to go see a professional team. So for a professional sporting event to pop up, you know, you know, every five years, whatever the case may be. But, you know, I just think it'd be something kind of cool. Uh, some uh, sports birthdays today. Manny Fernandez, former Dolphins defensive tackle, part of the uh, the unbeaten team. Uh, with the uh, the Dolphins, he is 77 today. He's born uh, July 3rd, 1946. Frank Tanana, former Angel and Tigers pitcher. If you collected baseball cards in the late 70s, the early 80s, somewhere you have a stash of Frank Tananas. He is 70 today. Moises Alou, former Astro and Cubs outfielder. He's 57 today. Neil O'Donnell, former Steelers quarterback is 57 today. And Devin Bush, the former Falcon safety, he turns 50 today. So that is a look at our um, that is a look at our celebrity birthdays. A couple of things I wanted to throw at you here, Day Day. All right, I'm ready. Um, what do you think about this? This comes from Newsweek. You can find this story at newsweek.com. Nearly 50% of American workers won't be going anywhere on vacation in the next three months because of the higher cost of living, according to an exclusive poll for Newsweek, while 60% of those who are going said affordability still played a huge role in their planning. So vacation for you in the next three months? 
actually vacation for us next week. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, we're uh, yeah the whole family. This is our, you know, we kind of try to do two family trips um, in the summertime. And uh, so this is our second, and then that'll be it. Uh, so, yeah, I'll be out next week. Uh, we're actually going to Puerto Rico. Not? Yeah. Wonderful, so, man. Yeah, so. Wonderful. Cool Wonderful. stuff there. But I can I can understand that because, ironically, man, I was actually talking to a friend um, the other week, and he was saying how, you know, he and his family, they really hadn't, over the years, they really hadn't, you know, done much, and they're trying to, you know, their kids are getting older and they want to start trying to do some stuff before, you know, hey. next thing you know, the, the kids are off on their own and it's just them. Day-Day, I didn't go on vacation as a kid. We didn't take vacations. And I and we were not, let me say, we. I, I did not grow up living in a, in a mud hut with a dirt floor or right. anything. Don't misunderstand me. But we didn't have, a, you know, my parents were both factory workers. My dad worked for... He worked in a nylon plant at uh, for DuPont, mm-hmm. and my mom worked in a carpet mill. Right. And so, you know, the idea of going on, we, we didn't go on vacation. I went, I went on one vacation as a child when I was 14. We went to, this was about the time, I guess, Dollywood had opened up in Pigeon Forge. In Pigeon Forge, yeah, okay. And, and let me tell you, that was the one and only time I've ever been. I have no, no desire to ever go back there. But we went up there and went to that, and that was the only time that I I, I never had luggage until I was uh, in my twenties. Wow! I never wow. owned a piece of luggage. I had no need for it. If I went, you know, if you and I were hanging out in mm-hmm. school, and you said, "Hey, man, come spend the night at the house," I had a I had an old duffel bag, right? You know, my McGregor duffel bag, <laughs> and I, you know, throw a change of clothes in the duffel bag, and that that doubled as my school uh, uh, gym bag when I was in high school. Yeah, so well, yeah, I, that's I know. How I yeah, I know what you mean. Um, because for me as a kid, vacation basically was just you know down to grandma's in the summer, or you know out with my dad in the summer because you know I grew up most of the time with my mom, so. Uh, that was vacation that, you know, like just being sent off to, you know, like I said, either the south where it was pretty much all the grandkids got sent to my grandmother's or uh, <laughs> or, you know, right. or like I said, or, you know, I'd go out west to spend some time with my dad. But that was, you know, and, and you know, it, going out west with my dad was more of a vacation in the sense of because at the time he was in California. So he would take us to like you know Disneyland or something like that. That's cool. But other but you know like kids today like my kids they've been out of the country more than I don't know what. You oh, know yeah. what I'm saying? And I well, never I never went out of the country until I was 20 I mean, I don't really count Tijuana because that was kind of like you always did that in California, yeah, but we like we we, we don't want to hear about those. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh I honestly didn't really go anywhere until I was like maybe 27, 28. Yeah, I you know look when you don't my and my kids are the same way like they have been able to travel a whole lot. My daughter went to Europe last summer, um, but that's been one of those things since I have been and even when when I first got married uh, in the early two thousands, we didn't take you know we took some vacations, but we didn't do it every year um, because I, I just wasn't I wasn't programmed mm-hmm. that way. Yeah, and then once the kids came along. You know, I told my wife, I'm like, look, I don't care what it costs. I don't care if it's just us going to the beach. Right. I didn't get that as a kid. I'm going to give that to my kids. Right. We're going somewhere every single year. Right. And with the couple of exceptions here and there, the COVID year being one, uh, you know, we've been able to do that. We've been able to go somewhere. Uh, we started taking some really nice trips uh, between Christmas and New Year's every year because uh, one thing I learned having kids, my kids have a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you walk in their rooms, there's a ton of it. And I can say my oldest daughter's Paige. I can walk in and say, Paige, who got you that? Oh, Daddy, I don't, I've had it. I don't, I don't really remember <laughs> where it came from. But I can say, hey, Paige, tell Day-Day about going to New York. Right, man. She can spout off everything about that trip. She'll get her phone out and start showing you pictures. You know, we did a trip to New York one year. We did Chicago one year. We did L.A. one year. 
you know, we've done Miami, we've been, you know, Fort Lauderdale, we've been to the beaches, we've done all of those things. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, that was a promise that I made to them long before they they even knew what daddy was promising but i was like we're by golly we're going somewhere let me tell you if when you've when you never have owned luggage until you're in your mid-20s man there is nothing more proud i bought new luggage last year first time in forever right that i had bought i mean it had been legit 20 probably 25 years since the last time i had bought my stuff was wow it was falling apart and my wife is like, this is stupid. We're buying you new. <laughs> my wife, had, she had stuff, but she's like, we're, we're buying you new luggage. This is ridiculous. Right. So I got some new luggage. I am more proud of that freaking luggage, man. I like baby that stuff. I wipe <laughs> it down every time we come home now from a trip. I mean, we can go, we can go spend the weekend at my mother-in-law's, and I'm like, oh, wait, don't scratch the luggage. <laughs> nice. You get so proud of that stuff. All right, let's talk a little college football when we uh, we come back. We had Bill Bender on uh, from the Sporting News earlier. I want to get back to the college football conversation. We'll do that. A couple things that I want to touch on from uh, the last week or so in college football. We'll get to it. Glad to be hanging with you. Chris Goforth in in place of John Chuckery here, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. For the College Football Roundup, a complete look at all the collegiate football action. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Chris forth in for John Chuckery. It's our College Football Roundup. Before we get to college football, though, Braves win. Braves win. Braves win. That is now number nine in a row. Braves beat the Cleveland Guardians 4-2. to two. Braves are now 57 and 27. They are 30 games over 500 and they are an amazing 27 and 12 on the road this year. Unbelievable. Braves win it uh, four to two. Let me give you the uh, give you a quick recap here before we get to the college football stuff. Bryce Elder got the win. He's now seven and one. He went six and two thirds, gave up uh, two runs. Walked two, struck out one. His uh, ERA has swelled to 245 now. Um, Iglesias got the save. That's number 15 for him. Uh, Pretty good night for Michael Harris, the second. He hits two home runs in this game for the the Braves. Uh, That is, uh, I think that's number nine and number 10 on the season for uh, for Michael Harris, but a, a pretty good. Uh, pretty good day for him as the Braves get the win. Marcelo Zuna with a homer as well. 4-2, Braves win it as they defeat the Guardians. That is now win number nine in a row for the Braves, and they are 30 games over 500. Mm. All right, let's get to it. It's time for our college football roundup. Talked about this a, a little bit on Saturday, but I wanted to touch on it again because I think it's, uh, it's a unique, it's a, it's a different idea. How about that? Every day should be Saturday, which is a college football. It's a website. I don't know that I've ever been to the website, but it's a pretty good follow on Twitter. And he came up with this idea, kind of surrounding what to do with the transfer portal. That's something that is going, they are already going to shorten the the amount of time that a player can enter the portal. Um, that's coming because they, I think they feel like, at least coaches feel like, they got to find a way to be able to get a handle on this thing. The portal's not going away, but if we can at least narrow the window a little bit and give ourselves a, a better chance 
Um, so that's the that's kind of what one of the talking points going forward for college athletics is going to be. And there's going to be some changes that are that are going to be made beyond that, I think. Every day is Saturday has proposed, and I don't hate this idea, a transfer fee. So if you're a Power 5 school and you want to go get a player from a group of five school to transfer in, that Power 5 school would pay a transfer fee. The player gets some of that money because it would come from the from the NIL funds. So the player gets some of that money, and then the group of five or the FCS school, whatever, would also get some of that money. No matter what sport we're talking about these days, but especially college football, it's all about money. Like it or not, follow the money, and that's where things are going. You look at all the changes that have already happened in college football, from expanding the playoffs to name, image, and likeness and everything else. It's been about money. So why not go ahead and make the transfer portal about money too? Basically, what you're doing is allowing the group of five in the FCS level schools to basically be a developmental league. You know, if Georgia needs to get help at offensive line, if they need help at linebacker or wide receiver, why not look around? Go find you a guy at a group of five school or an FCS level school that you think can help you. You pay the player. You know, you play the you pay the school they're coming from. You know, now the the question becomes how how much do you pay? How does this work? I, look, we don't all make the same amount of money, right? I think you pay more for the guy that was an all conference player than you would for the guy who's just a starter or the guy that's a contributor would be worth more than the guy who is the, you know, maybe the backup that doesn't play. And we keep talking about, and, and I'm going to, to SEC media days here in a couple of weeks, and I, I'm going to try to narrow down what I think the talking points for SEC media days are one day here on a Saturday coming up, and I'm going to get to that. But I, I do feel like one of the one of the key things that's going to be discussed a lot at SEC Media Days in Nashville this year is going to be the future of scheduling and conference realignment and what it's going to, to look like and whether or not some of these conferences are going to elect continue to play the money games for the FCS schools and the group of five schools. Those games are important to those schools. I know a lot of times as a fan, you hate to see, you know, Georgia and the Citadel or whatever, or Mercer or Samford or Wofford or whoever it may be coming in. I get that. But it's that money that those programs make that allows them to be able to function and play college football and be able to run their program. So this proposal from... Uh, every day should be Saturday. It's not going to be the be-all and end-all. It's not going to solve all of those problems. It's not going to be as much money going to that FCS school that they would get with one game when they go to Alabama to play or one game when they come to Athens to play Georgia. I don't think any school is going to get two hundred and fifty dollars or $300,000 to go play that game. But this might be the start of something and a way to kind of help those schools find some funding basically being a developmental league if you can send you know three or four guys every year to a power five and that's not that's that's probably a big number for most schools but heck if you can send one or two guys every year maybe you get enough money back to help offset some of your some of your expenses that's what you hope anyway um also, on Saturday, uh, we had some conference realignment that went into effect. Now, we are uh, we are now 362 days away from Texas and Oklahoma officially becoming members of the Southeastern Conference, but there were some moves in college football that happened 
beginning on Saturday, July the 1st. The number is 14. There were 14 schools that switched conferences on Saturday. Uh, the Big 12 has added BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and Central Florida. That was, uh, that was in effect as of Saturday. The American Conference which I have felt for the last, I don't know, three or four years anyway, the American has kind of been the, the better of the group of five thanks to those three programs, right? Cincinnati, Houston, Central Florida, the last three, four, five years, they've all had their moments. Uh, they are gone. The American replaces them with Charlotte, Florida Atlantic, North Texas, Rice, UAB, and Texas San Antonio. Eh. That's kind of the way I feel about that. Just, eh. I, you know, I get what they're doing in the American. Uh, we talk about just follow the money. So you're adding the Florida TV market. Florida Atlantic is, uh, isn't that Boca Raton? Isn't that near Miami? North Texas is Dallas. UAB is Birmingham. Texas San Antonio is obviously San Antonio. So you're adding some TV markets there. Conference USA take a, took a big loss. They add Jacksonville State. Uh, Kennesaw State, by the way, becomes an official member next year. Liberty, New Mexico State, Sam Houston. A couple of those schools, uh, Jacksonville State, Kennesaw State, Sam Houston, are the three that are moving up from the FCS ranks, along with James Madison, who is uh, joining the Sun Belt. Uh, and I think Old Dominion as well is another one that was an FCS program. But those programs are uh, are moving up. Austin P out of uh, the Nashville area, Clarksville, Tennessee. Austin P is joining the uh, the Atlantic Sun, so they are uh, they're trying to move up as well. The other thing that the that has been done is they are trying to move. Uh, and increase the amount of money that you have to pay if you want to move up. Um, there's already some stipulations that have been placed on that in terms of your attendance. If you're going to move up from the FCS ranks into a group of five program, you've got to be able to meet the – you had to pay a certain amount of money, but now they're going to ask for a lot more money. It's going to be like $5 million plus – You've got to meet the minimum attendance requirements in order to be able to do that. So that's about to get a lot more difficult. I don't know what the line is going to be, but the line is going to be drawn here in a couple of different ways. I still think we're looking at the Power Five doing their own thing, the Group of Five doing their thing. I thought, we, and we're seeing it, we would see the better FCS-level programs especially those that have uh, decent television markets, would try to take that jump and, and move into being a group of five program out of the FCS. And so we're seeing that. So I think there's another line that gets drawn there. I think the real question becomes what the future of FCS football is. And I think there's a, I think there's a, lot, of, a lot of programs out there that are trying to, to figure out what that's going to look like at football at that level because everything else is changing so fast. One quick note on college football from today. I mentioned this earlier. Florida giving the Swamp an upgrade, $400 million worth of an upgrade. They're hiring an architect. Um, they are going to work on trying to upgrade the uh, football facility there at or the uh, Florida field. Uh, where the University of Florida plays. Their athletic director, Scott Strickland, told ESPN that it's premature to speculate on what the final cost of it would be. Uh, they want to transform the game day experience for fans while maintaining a lot of what has helped the Gators create one of the most daunting home field advantages in the Southeastern Conference. The upgrades are sure to include wider concourses, less bench seating, so that means more, more back seats, uh, more concession options, larger video board, new sound system, and improved lighting. Capacity is expected to be reduced. And if you've been, I don't care, any SEC program that has bench seating, you've, if you are of any size of an individual at all, you can maybe get one butt cheek on what they tell you 
the the allotment of space that they give you to be able to see it. It's it's ridiculous. Florida's that way, um, and so by putting in more of the seats with backs on them, the chair backs, they're getting away with some of that that bleacher seating, and your uh, or bench seating as they call it. I call it bleacher seating. But if you if you get rid of the bleacher seating, you're not going to be able to squeeze as many fannies in those blue back seats the way you can, uh, the way they number those benches to be able to get everybody in. All right, stick around. We're going to get to uh, look at our headlines. We'll recap the Braves' win, and we'll get to a lot more here. Chris Goforth with you in place of John Chuckery. Glad to be hanging out on this Monday night. We head towards our final hour together. We'll kick it off with a look at that Braves' win. Coming up, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 